Welcome to episode 5 of Up Late with Nate on 91.1 KLPR Carney. And welcome to episode 5. We are so happy to be back in the studio once again after week 4 of college football is officially over. And uh yeah, well first I I want to start this episode off with a with a little bit of a story. Um when I was in high school, the lunch ladies at my school would be would prepare meals on Wednesdays called Wacky Wednesdays. They'd call it Wacky Wednesdays. And one time they used the nacho cheese from the Tuesday before that and made grilled cheese with the nacho cheese on that Wednesday. And and they called it Wacky Wednesday. The only thing I can think that's wackier than an old grilled cheese sandwich from your lunch ladies is the college football season so far. That's what we're here to talk about. And that is my terrible segue into my first topic, which simply put is how wacky has this season been? I mean, my goodness. Um, six teams so far are changing conferences. We got Oklahoma and Texas both moving to the SEC. We got Cincinnati, BYU, UCF, and Houston joining the Big 12. And by the way, there are now rumors that Colorado State and the Air Force Academy are going to replace those four teams moving to the Big 12 and moving to the American Conference. Three head coaches have been fired. There have been 25 AP Top 25 ranked teams that have lost this year. 25 of them. Um, Arizona currently is holding walk-on tryouts in the middle of the season. Arizona's so bad, they're literally just taking any kid off the street, it seems like, at this point, who can fit a pair of football pads. Clemson's quarterback, DJ, and I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It's tough to say. But DJ, we know who I'm talking about. Wisconsin's quarterback, Graham Mertz, and Michael Penix Jr. out of Indiana all had at least 50 to 1 odds of winning the Heisman Trophy this year. And now all three are currently in the bottom 10 in the FBS in passing efficiency with at least as many INTs as touchdowns. This season has been insane. The three Heisman favorites right now, uh, well, there's really there's really two. Um, it's it's got to be uh, Matt Corral or Coral out of Ole Miss and uh, Bryce Young out of Alabama. Those are your favorites right there. Nobody was talking about them really before the season started as Heisman Trophy candidates, but these guys have come to play. Sam Howell, Spencer Rattler, those guys who were – you know, probably the Heisman favorites coming in this year, not, they haven't been performing. Uh, speaking of, of Spencer Rattler, you want to talk about how wacky this season has been? Oklahoma fans were chanting for Spencer Rattler to be benched last weekend against West Virginia. The Sooners put up a whopping 16 points against the Mountaineers, and they were winning the game for zero seconds of game time. The only time they were leading that game was when the last second field goal went through. Clemson's lost twice this year. It's been four games. That's wacky. I mean, we don't, I mean, I don't think anybody saw that coming. 
Florida State is supposed to be a pretty good program usually. They're 0-4 after competing with Notre Dame week one. 0-4, they got 10 people showing up to their home football uh, game, their conference openers. And I'm telling you that as of right now, every single game is must-watch. Every single game. Like I said, there have been 25 AP Top 25 ranked teams that have lost this year. And very few of those have been against other ranked teams. North Carolina State, Clemson. Oklahoma State, Kansas State last week. But besides that, there have been a lot of games this year that have been, I mean, they've been close. They've been extremely close. And, and if every close game was an upset, uh, there would be not very many undefeated teams right now. For example, this past weekend, Iowa versus Colorado State. I believe Colorado State was leading that game 14-7 to at the half. Iowa is a college football playoff contender right now. It didn't look necessarily great against the Rams. And just to sidetrack a little bit, uh, the Mountain West is like probably... I You can make the argument that the Mountain West is better than the American Conference this year. And honestly, you could probably bring up the argument that the Mountain West is better than the Pac-12, the ACC, and maybe even the Big 12 this year. The Mountain West has some very, very good teams, but they are kind of top-heavy. Their bottom teams are not able to compete with the bottom teams of other conferences. But anyways, that's a little bit of a sidetrack. But not really, because that is kind of wacky. I mean, the Mountain West usually isn't a conference that we're talking about. But it's undeniable this year that that team or that conference has some teams who can play the game of football. So Colorado State played with Iowa last week. Georgia State had Auburn all the way down to a fourth and goal from the nine-yard line, I believe. And, and Auburn um, ended up winning the game after a questionable call, we'll say. We'll say a questionable call. But Georgia State almost had Auburn there. UNLV, who hasn't won a game in, I think, three years now. I mean, last year was COVID, so we can cut them a little slack, I suppose. But they haven't won a game in a really, really long time. And Fresno State is kind of the, the princess of the West Coast, I would say. A lot of teams are jumping on that after... They did very, very well against a good Oregon team, and then they also uh, beat UCLA a couple weeks ago. So they, they were riding high going into that game against UNLV, and uh, they, they couldn't stop the run against the running Rebels. They just simply couldn't stop the run. I was cheering for UNLV all the way, but ultimately Fresno State pulled it out. The, the thing is, is that 
I mean, I can think of so many more. Kent State goes on the road to play Tech, or uh, yeah, Texas A and M, and it was like I think the score was thirteen to three at the half, or maybe even ten to three. Kent State is not a good football team. Texas A and M is ranked in the top twenty-five, and Texas A and M did not put them away in the first half. Appalachian State almost beat Miami week two. There are so many different uh, uh, moving pieces right now to college football. And I don't think really anybody knows what's going on. I don't think anybody does. A couple of weeks ago on the podcast, I said that I wanted the college football season to feel more like March Madness. It's safe to say that I got my wish, and I, along with a lot of college football fans, love the wackiness of the season, unlike myself and my classmates loving or the lack thereof of the nacho cheese grilled cheese sandwiches that my lunch ladies gave me and expected me to eat. It's been a crazy season, but it's been a lot of fun. It's currently 11.09 p.m. in Kearney, Nebraska. But that's okay, because this topic is my favorite topic. And this today, it's going to take a long time to explain uh, my feelings about this. It's the 10 can topics at 11.10. And for those of you who don't know, 10 can means unappealing or unattractive or just something that nobody really wants to talk about. However, there's been a lot of talk about this particular topic in the past couple of weeks, months, and years. Ladies and gentlemen, the tin can topic of this week at 11:10 is the current four-team playoff for the college football playoffs. Look, right now, not a lot of people are necessarily happy with the college football playoff setup. Um, The playoff format is horrible. Um, Not a lot of people agree with the four-team setup. And a lot, um, it gets even less support when the SEC takes two of the spots some year out of the out of the four. There has got to be some sort of expansion soon. Because there well, I'll get into it a little bit later. But however, here's here's why it's the 10 Kim moments. Because there was some serious momentum for something to be done about this playoffs. However, according to a CBS Sports article that came out yesterday and multiple other reports, the conferences can't seem to get on the same page about this expansion. Basically, people outside of the SEC believe that the SEC kind of pushed this college football playoff expansion idea heavy so that the Oklahoma and Texas move to the SEC was kept kind of quiet, was kept on the down low. 
But now people outside of the SEC don't really want to have the, – the proposal was a 12-team playoff. Most of these uh, conferences outside of the SEC don't really want that because now they believe that the SEC will take three out of the 12 spots into the college football playoff after Oklahoma and Texas move to the conference um, in the near future. And so really quickly, um, here's the first problem with this college football playoff, and here's why it's the 10-can moment. Because there are multiple teams that have been left out of the college football playoff in the past couple of years that I believe would be better than the team that got in and or win the entire thing. Win the entire thing. Um, a lot of times we hear um, different people say, oh, this team can't get in. They're from a small conference. They would get killed. Have you looked at the scores of the playoffs? I mean, the, the, the one seed is usually destroying the four seed, and the two and three usually isn't that much better. The semifinal games of the college football playoffs recently haven't been good games. They've been games that you can turn off at halftime and not miss anything. So here's a couple of teams that I think got left out and I think deserved a chance at the, at the national championship just as much, if not more, than some of the teams that got in. First off, Texas A&M last year was a better team than Notre Dame. Notre Dame was a good football team, but Texas A&M had a very, very balanced offensive attack and a very stiff defense. And, and during the season, I think Texas A&M gave Alabama a better run for their money than Notre Dame did in the playoffs. Also, I think that Texas A&M improved throughout last year to the point where they were definitely a better team than Notre Dame was. And I think, honestly, I think Texas A&M improved last year more than Alabama did last year. Although Alabama, no one was really touching Alabama last year. But I think Texas A&M had a better chance than Notre Dame. The year before that, uh, LSU, I mean, LSU, again, was a team that probably was going to win the whole thing, regardless of who the other three teams were. But Georgia honestly gave LSU one of the best efforts that LSU saw all year outside of Alabama. At that point, Alabama had lost twice, maybe even three times. Mm, I can't remember now. Either way, Georgia was a better football team than Oklahoma that year. Oklahoma came into the playoffs, and Joe Burrow threw for – you know, 12,000 yards against them in one game. Georgia did, now here's the thing, though. Georgia did have two losses. So Oklahoma absolutely deserved the right to be in that fourth slot as of right now. And that's what the problem is with the college football playoff. Because Georgia was a better football team than Oklahoma, and even if they weren't, they should still have the opportunity to play Oklahoma for the chance to compete with LSU in the playoffs. However, th these past two years that I'm talking about, Alabama was winning the Natty, and LSU was winning the Natty. 
There was no doubt about that. Those are two of the greatest college football teams ever assembled. But here's where it gets a little bit, uh, a little bit more on the on the. Uh, it's not as black and white. It's more in the gray. All right. So the year before that, Georgia was one possession away from winning the SEC championship against Alabama. Then in the playoffs, which Alabama, or I'm sorry, which Georgia was left out of, Oklahoma played Alabama, and the game was over early, very, very early. A lot of college football fans believe that Georgia was a better team than Oklahoma that year. And honestly, Georgia was probably a top three team there. Maybe not even top four, probably a top three. But they were left out of the playoffs because the certain format that we have right now is not a good one. And then the year before that is the only year that the four seed has actually competed with the one seed. Or no, I'm sorry. That was, it was a couple years before that. This is the first time that the college football playoffs were, were ever, um, ever instated. And so Ohio State comes out as the four seed and they actually beat Alabama and then go on to beat Oregon in the championship. So the four seed Ohio State wins the whole thing with Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, leading the way. But here's the thing. TCU and Baylor both had top five offenses that year. They were both sitting at 12-1 and one, just like Ohio State. The difference was TCU and Baylor didn't have a Big 12 championship game, and that's completely on the Big 12 conference. That's why Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. But Florida State was undefeated, Right? That year, they had Jameis Winston. And when they played Oregon, they didn't look like they belong with Alabama, Ohio State, and Oregon. There was an outcast once again. And honestly, I like that TCU team a lot better than I like Florida State. And that TCU offense was so good. So good. That... They at least, I mean, their one loss was in a shootout with Baylor. I think both teams went over 50 points that year. My point is this. There's always been an outcast in the college football playoffs, sometimes two or three of them. And the games haven't been that competitive because ultimately we're not giving the right teams a chance. And we have to have a better playoff format because we can't have teams like Central Florida hanging championship signs on their press box. I, I cannot blame Central Florida for putting that up there. And the reason that you can't blame them for putting it up there is because they weren't given the right to win the whole thing. If they were given the right and then they won the entire thing, then nobody would be complaining about it because they would have competed for it. But everybody's complaining because UCF didn't get in the top four, which, by the way, they had no shot at from the beginning because our playoff format as it is right now is not good. So here's, here's my solution. Every 10-can moment has a silver lining. The silver lining is that Nathan Lowther has a plan, ladies and gentlemen. 
First off, if you're a Power 5 champion, you are automatically in. Okay? This works very, very well for March Madness. Very well. The Power 5 champ receives an automatic bid. I don't care what your record is. You have to have at least a decent record to make your conference championship. But if you have three losses, but you win your conference as a Power 5 team, you are in the playoffs. Congratulations. If you win your conference, you have the right to compete if you're a Power 5 team. But then here's the other thing right now. is The three best non-Power 5 champions are also in my playoffs. The three best non-Power 5 champions. That does not include independent teams. You have to win your conference. The three best Power 5 champions are in. And then on top of that, I got four at-large bids. So we got five Power 5 champs. We got three non-Power 5. And then we got four at-large bids to make a 12-team playoff. And by the way, adding to... Um, what I said last week on this podcast, the higher seed is hosting the entire way until the national championship game. Here, here's a couple of things that would would drastically change for the better if this format went to an effect. First off, Notre Dame would join a conference. I am convinced that Notre Dame would join a conference for football if this was the format. Because then Notre Dame could get into the champion or uh, get into the playoffs with two to three losses if they won, let's say they're in the ACC. If they won the ACC, then they could get in with two to three losses. As of right now, if Notre Dame loses once, they are more than likely out of the playoffs right now. This would also help balance recruiting on a whole different level. Because right now, the same eight teams are running the table when it comes to recruiting. It's Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, um, Oklahoma, Oregon, Notre Dame, and Florida right now are the top eight teams when it comes to recruiting. And it seems like almost every recruit has the same top eight, and it's those eight teams. And honestly, as a recruit, or as we watch these recruits, we can't really blame them because they want to play for a national championship and other teams don't have that chance. It would balance it out so much. So this year, as of now, here's how this would look, all right? And by the way, I'm taking out any team that has lost, right? So like... I mean, we're three weeks into college football. It's going to look a little different at the end of the year than what it does right now. But for right now, I'm taking out teams who have lost unless I think they're going to win their conference championship. So, well, that's not entirely true. Also, I I have some at-large bids who I think are going to lose once. All right. So first off, your automatics out of the Power Five is Alabama winning the SEC, uh, Penn State winning the Big Ten, Oregon winning the Pac-12, Oklahoma winning the Big 12, and who knows who's going to win the ACC, but let's just say Clemson for now. Because, I mean, I mean the ACC is so wide open, I don't know who's going to win it. Nobody knows who's going to win it. 
Okay, so those five are automatic. And then you got your three best non-Power 5 teams. So that's Cincinnati out of the American, uh, Coastal Carolina, and then honestly, I think San Diego State's a better team than Fresno State, so I have San Diego State in there as the Mountain West representative. And then you got four at-large bids, so that's going to be right now. Notre Dame, BYU is a great team. I don't think they're losing again this year. Uh, Georgia and Iowa. I think Georgia and Iowa lose to Alabama and, I- or, uh, and Penn State. Notice how a lot of these teams that I have mentioned just now have never been mentioned in this conversation before. That is why this is a tin can topic, because there's no variety in playoff teams, which means there's no variety in recruiting or who the top dog is because it's Alabama every single year. They are always the favorite because there is no diversity when it comes to the college football playoffs. That's the tin can topic at 11-10. It's now 11-25 here in Cary, Nebraska, which means I'm going to take a break. We'll be back after this. You're listening to Up Late with Nick. We'll be back after this. Welcome back. You're listening to Up Late with Nick on 91.1 KLBR Carney. All right, we're back in the studio, and it's time to get to my next topic. By the way, it's 11.30 here in Kearney, Nebraska, which means it's time for my half-hour hot take, a moment in time where I say something that a lot of you probably don't agree with, but that's why it's the half-hour hot take. This week's is kind of, I mean, it was kind of tough to decide on a hot take to begin with, um, because honestly, at this point in the college football season, nothing is a hot take because everybody's losing to everybody, it seems like. Here's the hot take for this, uh, this week. I don't, as of right now, based off how this season's going, I don't think any team makes it to the playoffs undefeated. In the college football play or the college football world, I don't think any team makes it undefeated. And I know that, um, like I said, I mean it's it's a hot take for sure. But look at the season. Look at the season. Like I talked about earlier in the podcast, in this podcast, uh, there are upsets left and right. Every team is competing with every team. It seems like. And I don't know if teams are going to be able to um, handle this kind of just bizarre season. This season reminds me a lot of the 2007 college football season. That season was wild with the one and two um, ranked teams in the country losing, it seemed like, every week. So, like... Teams that you wouldn't expect either. This season is a lot like that season. And so hear me out. I think every team that makes the college football playoffs loses once this year. Let's take a look at some of the teams. Okay, First off, you got Alabama. It is very, very tough for me to predict Alabama to lose a football game because this team knows how to win. And ultimately, Coach Saban knows how to win. 
But let's not sleep on the SEC West right now, okay? This team is absolute, or this this conference and this division in this conference is absolutely stacked. Which, by the way, has something to do with the college football playoff format, which I talked about earlier. But that's besides the point now. Alabama has a really tough schedule. Um, here, here's a couple thing teams that I think Alabama has the potential to lose to. They could lose to these teams. First off, they got Ole Miss this week. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, Ole Miss is a team that's going to be able to put up, you know, 65 points on any given night. Uh, secondly, Texas A&M. Okay, Texas A&M is a good football team. I know they lost last week to Arkansas, but that doesn't mean that this team doesn't have the potential to uh, at least compete with Alabama, especially uh, that game is at Kyle Field. Texas A&M hosts Alabama. So maybe Alabama drops one there. It's been a wild season. Another uh, Another team that, if I said this five weeks ago in episode one, uh, none of you would ever listen again because you'd think I'm crazy. But the Arkansas Razorbacks, I mean, they might beat Alabama this year. They can at least compete. They have wins against Texas and Texas A&M, and I don't think either of those teams are Alabama's level. But, uh, you know, Arkansas has won pretty convincingly over those teams. Okay, they're, they're not necessarily um, – they're not necessarily, you know um, – just games where they kind of win kind of on a last-second field goal or, you know, they they uh, they win it because the other team turns it over a lot or whatever. They're just simply better than teams right now. I, I don't think those, those wins from Arkansas are flukes. I think Arkansas is a good football team. The next team on my list is Auburn. And honestly, Auburn could go into that game against Alabama in the last week without a single win the entire year, and there would still be doubters um, revolving around Arcan- or I'm sorry, Auburn beating Alabama. Because every year that Alabama has something perfect going for them, it seems like Auburn is somehow able to derail the Crimson Tide. And according to this season so far, that would be the perfect end to Alabama's perfect season uh, for everybody that wants to see Alabama lose. Because I think Auburn could win that game. I think they could win the Iron Bowl. Again, I don't know if I necessarily think that uh, these teams will win against Alabama, but I... You know, all these teams have potential to knock off Alabama. And by the way, after they get through all those teams, they got whatever team is out of the SEC East. And that game's not going to be any easier than the ones that I mentioned. Speaking of the SEC East, let's keep it going. Georgia's not going to go to the playoffs uh, undefeated. Florida is a really good football team. I could see Georgia losing to Florida in Jacksonville. But ultimately, uh, well, also, Arkansas is also on the schedule uh, for Georgia this weekend. Arkansas is a top-ten team right now. Georgia, again, ranked second in the nation. 
But Arkansas is competing with everyone, like I like I just talked about. And then, by the way, Georgia has to play Alabama or I, I mean, who knows who's coming out of the West at this point, but probably Alabama or Ole Miss would probably be my guess. Maybe Arkansas, too. Um, but regardless, Georgia has a tough contest in the SEC championship game. Georgia doesn't make the playoffs undefeated. Next, we got Oregon. And the thing with Oregon is I really don't have a whole lot of logic behind this besides the fact that this season has been absolutely crazy, and the Pac-12 can't seem to send a football team to the college football playoffs. They keep beating each other up. So honestly, it's probably going to be a team that nobody sees coming. Uh, Someone like Washington State, or honestly, maybe even Oregon State might take it to them this year. Um... But I I can't see the Ducks going undefeated, especially after last week uh, they did not play well against Arizona. Um, yeah, this I mean I don't think Oregon's going undefeated. I think they will probably still get into the playoffs with one loss, but the one loss will be to nobody, to a team that shouldn't beat them. And then let's look at Iowa and Penn State, uh, teams that are in the exact same boat, really, when you look at it. Um, The Big Big Ten features Ohio State, um, Michigan State, Michigan. Rutgers is a good football team all of a sudden. Minnesota competed with Ohio State week one. They're, I mean, good. Uh, Indiana is not a bad football team. There are a lot of teams in the Big Ten that could take down Iowa and Penn State. And then once they get through these teams, they're eventually going to have to play each other if both of these teams go undefeated into the Big Ten championship game. But honestly, I don't think either of those teams make it to the Big Ten championship game um, undefeated. And I think if I see one team making it there undefeated, I, I think Iowa gets there undefeated. But then if Penn State makes it with one loss to... It doesn't even matter, but whoever they lose to, um, I think that's a very similar situation to a few years ago when Michigan State had one loss and Iowa was undefeated, and then Michigan State played them, um, Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game, Michigan State won, went to the playoffs, got killed by Alabama, and then Iowa went to the uh, Rose Bowl and got killed by Christian McCaffrey. I don't think that's those are the end results of these Big Ten teams, but ultimately I don't think any Big Ten team makes it to the college football playoff without a loss. Next team on my list that I don't think is making it to the playoffs without a loss is Oklahoma. Uh, like I talked about earlier, Spencer Radler was a uh, Heisman favorite coming into this season, and all of a sudden um, Oklahoma is putting up 16 points a game against West Virginia. Oklahoma has not looked like a good football team. Their defense did step up last week against West Virginia, but let's not kid ourselves. West Virginia doesn't necessarily have a dominant offense. Also in the Big 12 right now, uh, Oklahoma can't seem to beat Kansas State. They've lost two times in a row. Um, Oklahoma State looks really, really good. They've beaten Kansas State and Boise State. And they played Boise State on the road. Um, Baylor 
all of a sudden is a team that's 4-0. and I mean, I don't think they've really played anybody too great. Um, Iowa State could be a name that's thrown in there. But I'm who knows what you're going to get out of Baylor this year. And then sticking with Iowa State, uh, are they a good football team or are they not a good football team? I don't even know anymore. I couldn't tell you. But it would be the type of team that Oklahoma, you know, might lose to. Texas is a good football team. They're right outside the AP Top 25 right now. And Texas and Oklahoma play at a neutral site game, so it's not like Oklahoma's going to get the Longhorns at home or something like that. And then ultimately, Oklahoma has to... Uh, well, another team you could throw in there is TCU. TCU might be able to compete compete with Oklahoma. But ultimately, Oklahoma has to beat one of those teams twice, and I don't see them doing it um, because I see them losing to somebody in the regular season and then eventually winning the Big 12 championship like they always do. So Oklahoma is not going to make it to the playoffs undefeated. I just I just can't see it happening. Uh, the other team that I have on here is Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame actually has a schedule that um, is respectable this year. Um, they, they play Virginia Tech. They play USC. They play Cincinnati. Um, they played Wisconsin last week. By the way, is Wisconsin a good football team anymore? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. But, I mean, they competed with Penn State, so maybe. But Notre Dame... Uh, I I don't think Notre Dame makes it to the playoffs undefeated. I think they eventually lose to somebody on their schedule. And again, it's it's a very similar situation to Oregon, I think. Um, I think it's a team that you don't see coming at all. Um, But I don't think Notre Dame makes it to the playoffs undefeated. And then to to top it off, uh, no team from the ACC is making the playoffs undefeated. All right, uh, the ACC is wide open. Who knows who's going to win the conference? Clemson's probably not anymore. Uh, they they've already lost one conference game to North Carolina State. Um, but ultimately, I think the ACC just beats up on each other. You got Boston College, North Carolina State, Wake Forest is a decent team. Uh, Miami is capable of, you know, competing slash beating a couple of teams. Uh, Virginia Tech, you could throw in there. North Carolina lost to Georgia Tech, so now you got to throw North Carolina and Georgia Tech in there. Uh, the ACC, I couldn't tell you who's going to win the entire conference. But ultimately, uh, they're going to beat up on each other enough that um, it's not, I mean, not going to matter. Um, because ultimately, if an ACC team makes it to the college football playoff, they're not going to be undefeated. So my half-hour hot take again is no team makes it to the college football playoff this year undefeated. I think everybody has at least one loss. So that's my half-hour hot take. I'm going to take a break, and when I come back, it's going to be the bet on it challenge, which is basically where I predict all the games this weekend and uh, try to improve on what I would consider a pretty impressive record. We'll be back after this. Thanks for listening to Up Late with Nate on 91.1 KLPR Carney. We'll be back after this.
You're listening to Up Late with Nate on 91.1 KLPR. Alrighty, we're back here in Kearney, Nebraska. It's 11.49 p.m. and it's time for the last segment of the night. And that's going to be the bet on it challenge where I basically predict the best games coming up for this college football weekend. Um, I am 28 and 16 on the year. I didn't do so hot last week with a 5 and 6 record. Uh, about last week, mm, I, I don't have a good excuse. I, I have to be better than that. I have to be better than 5 and 6. But this week is no easier than last week. There are so many good games on this week. It's going to be tough to predict. And uh, again, this college football season has been extremely just bizarre with upsets happening everywhere. So honestly, nobody really knows who to pick at this point because anybody can beat anybody apparently. So let's see what we get this week. Again, 28 and 16 isn't terrible. I'll take that to at least a winning record. Um, so I'm bowl eligible. First off, we got Iowa at Maryland. Iowa comes into the game um, ranked in the top five. Maryland comes into this game with the same exact record as the Hawkeyes, yet they are unranked in the AP poll. By the way, Clemson's in the AP poll at 2-2. Two and two. Maryland's not. Same conference. Not, I don't know, AP voters. Let's, I don't know. I think Maryland deserved that spot. But anyways... Iowa goes to travel and play Maryland. Uh, Maryland's going to be extremely um, hungry for this win. Um, what am I saying? Maryland's not in the same conference as Clemson. What am I saying? They used to be. Not anymore. Maryland's in the Big Ten. Um, anyways, regardless, Maryland is a 4-0 football team, and they're going to be hungry to win this game against the Hawkeyes. So expect a closer game than what most people would probably uh, predict. Um, however, I think Iowa's defense is so tough right now. They are so physical um, that I just, I think that ultimately Iowa's talent overall overcomes this game. But my final score is 28-24. Give me the Hawkeyes. It's a close one, though. Next game. Uh, this is a top 10 matchup. It is not my matchup of the week. Um, and I'll explain why here in a second. But we got a top 10 matchup with number 8 Arkansas traveling to Athens, Georgia uh, to take on the Bulldogs, who are ranked second in the nation right now as far as the AP poll goes. Look, to me, to me, um... Georgia is a team that I don't want to mess with if I'm anybody but Alabama. Um, this is a very, very good football team. Arkansas is a good football team too, but Arkansas played a very physical game last week against Texas A&M. Arkansas has a very quick turnaround traveling to Georgia. I got the Bulldogs in this one, 34-10. to 10. Uh, I don't think it's going to be close. Um, I think it'll be close for about a quarter and a half. And then I think the exhaustion will show um, on the Razorback side. 
And I think Georgia pulls this out 34-10, which is why it's not the game of the week to me because I think it's going to be a big, big letdown to college football fans. But I hope, I hope that I am wrong. Next game on the list, another very, very good game. Um, Cincinnati traveling on the road to South Bend, Indiana to play Notre Dame. Here's the thing. This game means a lot more to Cincinnati than it does Notre Dame. Because Cincinnati, uh, this is their chance to prove that they deserve to be in the college football playoff. They need to win this game by probably 20 to 25 points to convince people of that, I think. But uh, they're going to come out hungry and they're going to want to win very, very, very badly against this Irish team. Same story with Notre Dame. It was a very physical game against Wisconsin last week for three quarters. However, Notre Dame showed that they are they can be um, they can be a physical team for a really long time. Okay, they can they can play ball for a really long time at a at a high level. But ultimately, I think that the motivation on the Bearcats side is going to be way too much for the Irish. Uh, I have Cincinnati in this one, thirty-eight to twenty-one. Yet I still don't think Cincinnati has enough to make it to the college football playoff. That's a discussion for another day. But this week there will be celebrating in the, in the city of Cincinnati because I think Cincinnati wins this one 38-21. Next up we got the Ohio State Buckeyes on the road tra- traveling to Rutgers to face the Scarlet Knights. Um, Ohio State hasn't been impressive to me. Rutgers had been until um, they, they, they lost to Michigan last week. Um, but ultimately competed with Michigan last week. Uh, I liked what I saw out of the Red or uh, uh, the Scarlet Knights. I haven't seen a whole lot out of Ohio State that I like, but Ohio State has the better talent. That being said, with this college football season and this college football season only, I am picking Rutgers to win that football game, twenty-four to twenty. I think Rutgers finds a way to pull it off. I think Ohio State and Clemson both uh, have two losses uh, within next week. I don't think Ohio State beats Rutgers on the road this week. Give me the Scarlet Knights, 24-20. By the way, uh, that stadium might, I mean, that stadium might be rocking low-key. All right? I mean, that Rutgers hasn't had a good football team in a long time. You got Ohio State traveling to town along with a lot of fans, too. But, you know, Rutgers might have a pretty good student section up there. Who knows? It'll be a good game. Give me give me Rutgers in that one, though. 24-20 is my upset of the week. Speaking of upsets, uh, Oklahoma can't beat K-State for the past two years. This year, they travel on the road to face the Wildcats in Manhattan. Uh, Kansas State is still missing their starting quarterback, Skylar Thompson. He's not expected to be back for this game. K-State is coming off a loss to the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Oklahoma is coming off the win against West Virginia, which we talked about earlier, uh, not being a dominant win at all. I think Oklahoma has a more talented roster than the Wildcats. Uh, Neither team has really great quarterbacks right now, it seems like. Um... And most both teams, I would say, are, are going to lean a little bit more on their defense than they probably want to. Um, 
And with that being said, I think ultimately Oklahoma wins this game 27-20. I think the atmosphere in Manhattan is going to be probably one of the best uh, there. Um, probably the best out of this weekend because a lot of K-State fans believe that um, they have Oklahoma's number. But I think, I think Oklahoma wins this one in a close one, 27-20. Might even go to overtime, maybe, possibly. Um, but I don't think so. I think Oklahoma wins this one outright there. A couple more games to finish it up. Uh, Baylor at Oklahoma State, two Big 12 teams getting ranked. Here's the thing. Um, I went to Oklahoma State's um, Boone Pickens Stadium last week against Kansas State. That stadium is quiet. That stadium is small. That stadium was empty, okay, um, in the first half, not even in the second half when Oklahoma State was up 31-10 to 10 or whatever. Uh, Oklahoma State is a, is a very overrated atmosphere, in my opinion. I didn't see anything there that I was like, oh, that's like, that's wild. That makes this place tough to play. No, I didn't see, I didn't hear that. I didn't see that. Baylor walks into Stillwater this week with a, uh, with a swagger about them. And I think Baylor wins this game 38-21. Couple other rapid fire ones here. Louisville at Wake Forest. Wake Forest undefeated Louisville with a loss to Ole Miss to open up the year. So far, it's been playing well after that. Uh, give me the give me Wake Forest in that one at home, 34-21. Next game, Wisconsin at uh, Michigan. Wisconsin did not look good against Notre Dame last week in the fourth quarter. I think that carries over. I got Michigan in the big house, 30-10. Texas goes on the road to Fort Worth to uh, play the Horned Frogs of TCU. Um, this is high scoring. Neither team's defense is going to do much. I got Texas in this one, 55-40. And then Clemson at Boston College. Uh, my opinion, Boston College is the best team in the ACC right now. Give me Boston College in that one, 28-17, the upset over Clemson. Last one, game of the week, Ole Miss at Alabama. Uh, Ole Miss has had a bye week. Their offense is going very, very well. Uh, but ultimately, I think Alabama's talent comes to show. I think their defense is able to do enough uh, to win this game. Give me the Crimson Tide in this one, 45-35. It is now midnight here in Kearney, Nebraska, which means it's time for everybody to go to bed. Thanks for listening to Up Late with Nate. You've been listening to Up Late with Nate on 91.1 KLPR Kearney. Today's episode will be available on Spotify starting tomorrow morning. Thanks for listening. <laughs>